Hello and welcome to the Destiny Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen to this message, it helps you grow closer to God and inspires you to live like Jesus. Thanks for listening. Here's the message. Turn with me to Acts chapter 16, verses 25 and 26. As I preach to you today on the subject that I feel that God has laid on my heart, worship in the midst of the storm. Uh, Pastor Mark and I are preaching the same sermon, and he, uh, he, he called me this week, and he said, here's an idea that I have. And so I guess I could say, if you like it, it's Pastor Mark's sermon. If you don't like it, blame me. That's about the only way I know to say it. But Brother Mark uh, gave me these ideas, and I put them together. So Acts chapter 16, verse 25. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, And the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. In the last few weeks here at Destiny Church, we have been discussing worship. Uh, It's been the theme of uh, this series that we've been in and and they have preached on it so eloquently. So uh, I believe that praise and worship is possibly one of the greatest weapons that we as the church have available at our disposal today. We don't think of that as a weapon, but I think we need to realize that praise and worship is a key weapon that the church has. In the midst of your troubled times, the thing you need to do more than anything else is to praise and worship God. We can beg and complain and gripe and mumble and groan and nothing's going to happen. But when we begin to praise God, and not when we, as we have been stated, not all praise is involved with music. You can be driving down the highway and all of a sudden just uh, lift up your one hand and praise God. <laughs> I wouldn't advise you to lift both hands, but raise one hand and just praise God and bless God. And, and it doesn't have to involve music whatsoever. But let me ask you an important question that I think possibly some can get when we say that praise brings the answer. I think some can really misconstrue it. The question that I have, if I praise God, can I sort of bribe him to answer my prayers? If I praise God, can I manipulate him to answer my prayers? If I worship God, can I influence him or can I change God to bring about the results that I want And the answer that comes with that is you cannot bribe God. There is nothing you can do to manipulate God. There is nothing you can do to bribe God. He is the same. Hebrews 13.8 in the New King James Version says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes. I know what some of you are thinking. If, if, If I can't change God then why is it so valuable to, to praise God and worship God? If, if praise and worship doesn't change God, then what value is there in it? What, it has no impact upon God, so what value is it? Well, first of all, I did not say that it does not have an impact upon God because God loves to hear his people praise him. Now, when we get praise, sometimes we get the big head. I, uh, Chad and Tasha's youngest, Malik, uh, has no problems with self-confidence. So literally, you have to pull back uh, 
they, he was at a tournament yesterday and almost hit one out. And I, I, I told Chad, I said, he's going to be a great ball player. And Marquise was there and she said, don't tell him. Don't tell Malik because it'll go to his head, and that's the truth. But with God, God doesn't, it doesn't go to God's head. I mean, he doesn't need your praise to make him a great God, but God wants to hear your praise. It has an impact upon him. So there are two important facts that I want to get across that I think if you'll listen and you will put them into focus in your life, I literally believe they will change your future and make you have a better future. First of all is this. God doesn't need to be bribed, and God doesn't need to be changed. Did you know that? You say, well, what do you mean? Malachi 3.10, and I know that we normally use this as a tithing scripture, but it says, and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven... And pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. I know, yeah, that scripture we usually uh, associate it with tithing. But guy, I think you may see the heart of God through this. That it is God's desire to bless his people. God wants to touch you. God, God desires to minister to you. It's not something you have to bribe him or, 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 or manipulate him or change his, his, his desires he is already such a God that longs to bless you and longs to minister to you. He longs to heal you. He longs to solve your financial problems. God is there for you at all situations, if you can understand that. So do you see why I say that you don't have to bribe God? Matthew 7, 11, listen to this. Matthew 7, 11 says, If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children... How much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Now, how many of you dads and moms love to give good things to your children? We all do. Uh, we, it, it's always been a desire of mine to, to, to give everything that I possibly can to my children and to my grandchildren and do for them. But God says, if you desire that, how much more do I desire to bless you, Brian, to bless you, Aaron, to, to re reach out and touch us and minister to us? It's God's desire to pour his best upon you as his children. This won't come on the screen, but 3 John verse 2 says, Beloved, above all things, I wish that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul does prosper. His first priority is soul prosperity, if you want to say it that way. He wants to bless you spiritually. And folks, if that's, if, if that's all you have, then that's enough. But God doesn't stop there. He said, I want you to make you healthy, and I want to bless your finances. I want to bless your future. That's the God that we serve. He is such a big God, and when we praise him, we can open up the presence of heaven, and God will pour his spirit out upon us like we've never known. Second thing you need to understand is that praise and worship doesn't change God. There again, if it doesn't change God, why do it? Well, let me tell you, praise and worship changes you. It changes you. Now, let me, I, I, I almost brought a, a bucket and, and did this so that you could see 
<clears throat> but just pretend that I've got a big bucket here and I've got a pitcher and I've got this small container. I'm going to fill it full of water. But when I start, the lid's on it. Now, what's going to happen when I pour that water and try to get that water into that container with the lid on it? Nothing. It's not going to, there's going to get no water inside the container. It's all going to go outside, and that's why I wanted to have a big bucket so it wouldn't get the carpet wet. But if you take the lid off and you begin to pour water into that container, in just a short time, you can have it full. Well, praise and worship is like the lid. If you will begin to praise and worship God in the midst of your storms, I'm asking for something rather difficult. It's not, easy, it's not hard to praise God when everything's going great. and Man, we could just, we're just full of praise when we just got a, a, a promotion or, 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 or something good happened. We can praise God, but in the midst of the storm, to lift up those hands and worship him and praise him and love him with all of your heart, it makes a change in your life. When you begin to praise God, you take the lid off. Now, let me show you some instances in the Bible where praise brought the miracle. Point number one is this, a crazy military strategy. I'm going to show you something that's probably the craziest military strategy that I've ever read about. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, there were three large armies mounting attack against King Jehoshaphat of Judah. Verse 2 says, a great multitude is coming against you. Verse 3 says, the attacking army was so large that Jehoshaphat feared. And then in verse 12, Jehoshaphat says, for we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do. But here was the key, but our eyes are upon you. We're going to look to you, God. I love this king's spirit. He is brutally honest. He tells it the way it is. And I believe that sometimes folks, people ask us how we're doing, and, and we lie. I'm just doing great. We don't want anybody to know. We just, we just lie and say, I'm doing great. There was a time in my life when I, I've always been a very upbeat person, a very happy, excited person, and been able to praise and worship. But I, I went through a stretch of seemed like everything was, was coming against us. Uh, it, it was just about to destroy me. And people would ask me, how are you doing? And I finally, I'd, I'd say, I'm doing okay. Finally, I just said, I'm going to be honest. And I would tell them, well, I'm struggling a little bit. It wasn't easy because as a preacher, you're not supposed to admit any problems whatsoever. You're not supposed to let anybody know that you struggle. But let me tell you, I was struggling I was struggling badly, but I want you to know when you begin to praise God and you say, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling, and let God know, hey, God, it's me. I've got a problem, and I don't have the answer. I don't know what to do about it. Here is what I possibly see as the craziest military strategy that I've ever witnessed. In 2 Chronicles 20, verse 21, when you read this, you almost look at this and say, do What? It says, and when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before. Say before. Yeah, 
When, when, did, when, did they do it? when did the praises go out? Before. The army, and we're saying, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Now you talking about a foolish military strategy. Brother Elliot, that would be like sending out the praise team, you and Tasha and Brandy and whoever was up here today and, 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 and all of them, uh, and, and Zach, and send you out first before the war began, and you're going out there with no weapons, you're just going out singing, bringing in the sheaves, bringing in the sheaves. I'm not sure you'd be singing that, but you'd be singing something. <laughs> and it, it dawned on me. I, I thought of this. Is that the reason why we open a service with praise and worship? We send the praise team out first to bring down the presence of God and then the ministry of the word. I don't know. I've never heard a reason why, but that's the first time I'd ever thought of that. It could be that that's the reason that we do praise and worship first. And when he had consulted with the people, he sent out the praisers first. No weapons. I mean, he just sent them out there as sacrificial lambs. I mean, these, 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 this praise team is going to be wiped out. They don't have any weapons to fight this massive army. So they're just going out there singing, and they're going to lose their song pretty quick. They're going to be wiped out. So what happened? What happened? They had no weapons. They, they, it looks to the natural eye as if the king is sending it out there to be destroyed. But wait a minute. Didn't I say something earlier? about praise and worship being the greatest weapon that we have? Maybe, maybe Jehoshaphat did not send them out there without any weapons. Maybe he sent them out there with the greatest weapon known to mankind, and that's a weapon of praise and worship to an almighty God who can do anything as the songs we sang this morning. Our God can literally do anything. So when you send out praise and worship and you're going through the hard times and, and you want to grumble and gripe and complain, but instead you just lift up those hands and say, God, I'm going through a hard time, but I want you to know I still love you with everything that's within me. I still worship you, Jesus, more than anything else. I believe that you are sending out the greatest weapon, the advanced weapon in, in advance of all that the enemy is attacking. Now, the devil hates it. The devil hates praise and worship. He hates it. That's why he wants to send you doom and gloom and destruction. That's why he is more satisfied with you grumbling and griping and complaining and just moaning and groaning. I remember a time in my life, as I said, going through an incredible battle. It was just about to get us down. And I would go into the office at Nixon. I would... I would pray for, for the first hour of the day. After about a year of that, I, I was telling God, nothing's happening. God, there are no answers to my prayer. And I heard God speak to me, Doug, and he said, you haven't been praying for an hour. You've been grumbling and griping and moaning and groaning for an hour, and that is not prayer, and that does not bring the answer. Do you see what I'm saying? Some of you are going through some physical battles. Some of you are facing a hard time, and you want to, it's natural inclination to gripe and, and, and talk about how bad life is. But if you'll turn that around and begin to praise God and begin to love him with all of your heart, you're going to see miracles happen. 
You say, preacher, I, I still have trouble believing that praise and worship are weapons. Okay, then go on down in that scripture, 2 Chronicles 20, <coughs> verses 22 through 24. Now, when they began to sing and to praise, when they began to sing and to praise, when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. When they began to sing and to praise, the enemy was defeated. For the people of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir to utterly kill and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, they helped to destroy one another. Did you see that? Let me stop right there. They turned on each other. God is powerful. And when we begin to praise and worship, the demons will turn in on each other and they'll begin to argue and fuss and feud and fight among themselves and open the door for you to walk in victory. You say, my finances are tanking. I filled up my tank on my van this last Friday, I think it was, and uh, it still had about a quarter of a tank left in it, but I filled it up. I was just going to put $50 in. I thought, no, I'm going to see how much it'll hold. Dropped my teeth, and they're not even false. <laughs> 77 bucks for a tank of gas. I heard Chad saying the other day that Tasha filled her vehicle, and it cost $125. Folks, it's, inflation is 8.9%. Things are bad. Oh, am I giving you a sob story? No, I'm telling you in the midst of all this, get up in the morning and start praising God. Get up in the morning and start worshiping God. Put on some praise and worship music. And begin to sing in your car as you're driving to work. Put on some praise and worship music instead of country music. <laughs> you know where I'm going? Country music is all about since my baby left me. Sitting at a bar stool. I mean, it's just, you hear those songs, you want to break down and cry. Oh, that's awful. Well, put on praise and worship music and just let it ring in your heart. And when you go into work, your day will start off better. Do you understand that? Praise and worship is the key to your future. It is vitally important to your future. Not only did they win the battle, but look in 2 Chronicles 20. Verses 25 through 27. When Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away their spoil, they found among them an abundance of valuables on the dead bodies and precious jewelry which they stripped off for themselves, more than they could carry away. And they were three days gathering the spoil because there was so much. And on the fourth day they assembled in the valley of Berakah, for there they blessed the Lord. Therefore, the name of that place was called the Valley of Barakah until this day. Then they returned, every man of Judah and Jerusalem with Jehoshaphat in front of them to go back to Jerusalem with joy, for the Lord had made them rejoice over their enemies. Did you see this? It says that not only did they win the victory, but they got the spoils. It says there was so much it took them, that this army of Judah, it took them three days to gather up all the spoils. 
Friend, God wants to move in your life. He wants you to walk in health. Let me tell you something, and hear me good. God does not desire that you walk in depression. God does not desire that you walk in defeat. God does not receive glory by you walking around sick. God does not receive honor by you walking around in poverty and not having enough to eat. God wants you to walk in his presence. He wants you to get up in the morning and throw those hands up and begin to praise God and go to work and say, God, I love you. I don't, my job is not being all that I need, but God, I'm going to trust you and I'm going to believe in you. They received an abundance of valuables and they had great joy. Point number two is this, jailhouse rock. That sounds like an Elvis Presley song, doesn't it? Acts 16, 16 tells of a demon-possessed girl who was, had a spirit of divination. Her owners were making money off her divination, and, but Paul and Silas in verse 18 cast out the demon. Oh, that's great, wonderful, awesome, or not. Because the owners of this girl didn't like it because they were bringing, she was bringing in great amounts of money for them, and they threw Paul and Silas in prison. You may say, well, that isn't fair. And I got some news for you, and I want you to hear me. Life never promised that it would be fair. Do you hear me? Life never promised that it would be fair. When I say that God's going to answer your prayers, he will. But that does not alienate the fact that there are going to be problems in your life, that you're going to have hard times, you're going to have difficult times, you're going to have bad times. I know uh, uh, several years ago when I was younger, there was a, a theology going around that if you were a Christian, you were never going to have any problems whatsoever. And folks, let's be honest, that was not true. I mean, even the Bible says in this life, you will have tribulation. The Bible tells us that. But be of good cheer, for I have overcome. There's going to be trouble in your life. You're going to face it. You're going to face the hard times. But God is going to bring you through. Now, you may say this isn't fair, so it wasn't. I, I admit that. It wasn't fair. But what you've got to understand, what you're going through may not be fair. But to be honest, it doesn't make any difference. You're still going through it. It may sound a little bit cruel and heartless, but... You're facing this problem, whether it's fair or not, and whether you deserve it or not, it's happening. What do you do? You begin to praise God. Paul and Silas had been beaten. Their backs cut open with a whip and with a rod, and blood and, and, and gore was coming down their backs. Rats were running across their feet. As I began to think of this, I thought of Chad. He would, he would probably, they, their feet were in stocks, but he would probably have broken those stocks uh, getting out of there when the rats started running across his feet. And I thought, well, Paxton, there might even be some spiders there as well <laughs> running across your back and bugs burying into your skin where the wounds were. Nobody to minister to their hurts. Nobody to care for their pain. But at the midnight hour, what would you have been doing if you were in that situation? Steve, what would you have been doing? Don't answer. <laughs> I don't want you to sound super spiritual and, and try to say something that's not true, but what would you think? What would you have been doing? Your back is beaten into a, a, a messy pulp and, 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 and your feet are in bonds and you can't get out. What would you have done? Well, what did Paul and Silas do? Now, I, let me just tell you, 
If it would have been me, I'd have been grumbling and griping and complaining and saying, God, this isn't fair. You shouldn't have done this to me. I just delivered that girl from demon possession. I should be patted on the back, but here I am in prison. But Paul and Silas started the process of their release, although they didn't know it when they started it. Acts 16.25, but at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Paul and Silas at midnight with their backs beaten to a pulp were having a praise and worship service. Now that's unbelievable. If we would learn to do that when we're so sick and we can't hardly raise our heads, when our kids are running from God and we're, we're struggling and trying to find an answer, begin to praise God, magnify God. I'm not telling you don't ask God to do answer, but I'm telling you ask and then praise him for the re completed results. Praise him for answering your prayers because God is going to move. In Acts 16, 25, suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. When did the earthquake hit? after they began to sing and praise at the midnight hour. When did the children of God in Judah defeat the three massive armies that were coming against them? When they began to sing and praise God. When are you going to see the victory in your life? When you begin to sing and praise and worship God with all of your heart. You say, but pastor, what if I don't feel it? I mean, I may not feel it. Well, all I know to do is practice it until you begin to feel it. And if you'll keep praising and worshiping God, all of a sudden one day it'll break, you'll have a breakthrough and you'll begin to feel that you're really meaning this. Sometimes you've got to do it when you don't feel it. And it's not always easy. But they saw the victory. I believe that praise and worship increases your faith. I really do. I think when you begin to praise and worship, you begin to realize how great your God is, how big your God is. And when you begin to realize that, you think, well, my little problem, he can solve that easily. He can heal me. He can bring my kids back home. He can solve every problem that I have. Brother Mark sent this to me just at the last, and I said, that's good. It was in Colossians chapter 2, verses 13 through 15 in the Message Bible. And it, it really says something to me, and it's not just because of what I read here, but because of other areas in the Bible. But Colossians 2.13, when you were stuck in your old sin-dead life, you were incapable of responding to God. God brought you alive right along with Christ. Think of it. All sins forgiven. The slate wiped clean. That old arrest warrant canceled. Listen to that. And nailed to Christ's cross. He stripped all the spiritual tyrants in the universe of their sham, authority at the cross, and, and, and marched them naked through the streets. He stripped them and he marched them naked through the streets. This is what God has prepared for those who follow him in faith, and worship is truly an act of faith. Don't tell me it wasn't faith that told Jehoshaphat to send the praisers out first. I mean, in, the, in, the, in, the, in our mind's eye, they had no weapons. But Jehoshaphat, through faith, sent them out first. Please understand this. And I already said it, but you've got to hear me. 
God does not receive the glory from you walking around in defeat all the time. God does not receive glory from you being in de- living in depression. And I've been there, so I'm not condemning anybody that's ever faced it. I've been there. I was, my, my mom had what they call back then nerve problems, and it was depression. Married Marquita, and, and she had depression problems. And I, I criticized them. I said, all you have to do is just begin to just, just say I'm not going to be depressed anymore, and you can get out of that. How stupid can you be? Because God then later allowed me to go through it. And I realized it's not that easy. But I tell you this much, if you're facing depression, if you'll start praising and worshiping God, God will begin to lift your spirit. He has given us such victory through worship that we can watch our enemy of sickness, poverty, marriage problems, sin, depression, defeat, and all other enemies destroyed. And he will march them before us defeated. Whatever your battle today, God has already given you the victory. When God, in this passage, used the analogy of marching your enemy naked through the streets, this would have been an illustration that the people of that day totally understood. We would not understand it. But if you'll study it, you'll find that they understood it because what it meant, that when the Roman armies would conquer a, 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 a villain or an enemy, they would come back to the city and they, the, the conquering general would be in the front chariot and he would go and people would line the streets and they'd wave palms and they'd make a big issue out of it in victory for that, that conquering general. The, the others, the many other soldiers would be following behind. But then in chains and stripped totally naked was the defeated generals, the defeated army of the enemy. They're putting them on display. And as I think of that, I think you're fighting a battle. But if you'll start praising and worshiping God, listen to me. If you'll start praising and worshiping God, God's going to come and he's going to get in the front chariot. He's going to be the conquering general. And behind him are going to come you who have just won the victory. And then behind that in chains are going to be the enemies that have tried to defeat you and to knock you down and destroy you. You have to understand that you are victory through Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you'd like to learn more about Destiny Church, how to get connected, or give online, visit destinychurch.me. Have a great week.